Hello there. I'm your host, J. Mark Kaplan. And I'm your host, Lucy Gervais. This is The Sex Show Radio. Your sex stories, our sex stories, all sex stories, live on Pirate Uncensored Radio. If you'd like to submit your story to The Sex Show Radio, send us an email at thesexshowmtl at gmail.com with your voice recording or written for us to read live. Follow us on Instagram at The Sex Show MTL for updates on the next show. This show is 18 plus. In case you brought the kids along, there's going to be kink and erotic content. If you can drink and vote in Quebec, then you can listen to this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Sex Show. I'm your host, J. Mark Kaplan. And I'm your host, Lucy Gervais. I love saying that in the exact same voice that the intro is in. Yeah, well, it is your voice, so uh, I'm not surprised that there's some similarities. Yeah, exactly. How are you today, my sweet friend? I'm very sweet. I feel like a delightful pastry covered in pastry sugar. And you look like one, too. (laughs) Thanks. How are you, Lucy? Oh, I'm wonderful. You know, I'm keeping it fresh, keeping it saucy, keeping it sexy, much like a pastry myself. Yeah, tell me. So what's going on with you? I'd like an update on, on, on your love life. So a few episodes ago, I mentioned that I was isolating for someone. That has been over for a little while. Mutual uh, sort of breakup. I don't know. It's hard to go into isolation for someone who you don't see as often as as you want to. So that was kind of the problem. Um, But it was nice at the same time. Like for a little while, I had like a little smoochy smooch person. But it was clear that it just wasn't that, hey, maybe the middle of a pandemic, not a great time to start a relationship. So I'm single and on the app. The appetizers. My brother just sent me a podcast, which I have yet to listen to, about how the pandemic and isolation is kind of like an intense training chamber for relationships. You know, like time accelerates in the pandemic. So like one week of going out in pandemic time is like a month of pre-pandemic time, you know, because you're spending so much time with whoever it is. Like, like you said, you know, you got to be isolated just to see someone. So it's pretty intense. Yeah, exactly. And the problem was like, there was no acceleration. We would hang out maybe once every two weeks and then like nothing. And it was kind of like being in a weirdly monogamous relationship because me and this person uh, were both polyamorous. So when you're polyamorous in a pandemic, you can't be polyamorous. Like it's hard to do. You have to only really see that person and be like committed to only that person. Weird. It's right? weird. Polyamory. What an interesting uh, topic of conversation. If only we had a special guest that we could invite on the show. If only we had an incredibly qualified and wonderful guest. Should I introduce that guest of ours? You know what, Lucy? I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Okay, beautiful. So our guest for this evening is a really wonderful person. They are a Montreal-born, Toronto-based, non-bicycle, no, non-binary, bipedal, carbon-based, stand-up sketch and musical comic who goes by she and they and he pronouns, Second City Trained, JFL's 42, She Dot, Toronto Fringe, Garden City Comedy Festival, the list goes on. Please give it for Rush Kazi! Hi, how's it going? I'm waving for everyone who can't see me. But yes, okay, I just, you were talking about forced monogamy. You weren't saying forced monogamy, but that's basically what the pandemic has done to me and my husband. It fucking is awful. (laughs) 
I have to see him every day. And it's like, oh my God, I, we're, we're, we're trying to have a baby, but you don't want to have sex with someone if, that you see every day. Do you know what I mean? No? Okay, Rush, hang on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm less familiar with you than, than Lucy is. You're going to have to give me a bit of a, a primer. So oh, you're, you're married and you're in a polyamorous relationship? I am. I am. I'm married and in a polyamorous relationship, and it is wonderful because we both understand one another. But uh, yeah, the pandemic has forced monogamy onto us. Yes, I was getting really excited when Lucy was talking about how it felt like she was in a, I mean, they were in a forced monogamous relationship because that is exactly what the situation does. It's not necessarily accelerating anything. I have been with my husband for six years now, so we're not learning anything new. We already knew what each other's farts smelled like, you know what I mean? So... Now it's just like, I have to see your fucking face every day. <laughs> Stop breathing that way. No, it's fine. We're great. We're doing great. It's been over. A, it's been almost a year of being locked down, right? So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who's counting? <laughs> okay, hold on. I, I, I want to know more about this. So were, were you guys always polyamorous from the get-go? Or was it something that happened like a year or two into going out or being married? You decided, I love smelling your farts and everything, but, you know, maybe we can spice things up. Maybe I could smell someone else's farts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, so it wasn't something we jumped into and it wasn't something that we're doing off the off the hop. This is going to sound terrible, but like I generally, whenever I've dated anyone, I have cheated on them. It just has happened. It's just a thing. I just get bored or something. And I just, like, the love of the chase has always been there. And uh, the person I'm with, my husband, Jeremy, he was the first person where I was like, wow, I don't want to cheat on him right away. This is new. So, like, you know, it only took us a year to be like, I want to fuck someone new. I just, uh, but it took a year, which is, you know, wonderful for me. It's like a huge milestone. Uh, but, like, we both are, uh, I would like to say, attractive people. And we attract other people. And uh, it's something we discussed more right around the time we got engaged we started talking about it more and then like once we got married that's when we decided that we were going to open it up so there was a couple of years where we there was a few years where we didn't do anything like that though i think it would have been better if we had this sounds not like a great selling point but like there's a lot of communication involved you can't just be polyamorous and be like i just want to fuck someone on the side yeah well how, how do you make it i mean i'm i'm curious myself I'm in a monogamous relationship and my, my, my tendency is to not be poly. I'm, I'm very um, neurotic about things like that, even about like exposing myself to STDs. And I'm also very neurotic about letting people in my apartment. And even, you know, one person is already like a big deal to me. So the idea of having like another, you know, sleepover partner is, is stressful. So I'm curious about the, the, the protocols of polyamory with a, with a partner that you care about. I mean, what are things that, that make this work, you know, make it workable that you can still have the trust and the familiarity and, I mean, do you care about that stuff still? About that kind of like domestic? Yeah, so it's 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 a lot of communication. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to come off or pretend that I'm an expert at polyamory because I'm not. Uh, it's, it's a learning process at all times, but there's a lot of communication involved and trust has to be there, right? Um, you're saying that you, you're very uh, worried and neurotic. Are you like a serial monogamist? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, have you ever dated around before? Have yeah, I'm usually pretty slutty when I'm single. So how are uh, you safe when you're being slutty when you're single? Okay, that's Whoa. true. Yeah. True. Coming in with Fair. the questions. I'm just saying, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just like you know, wrap your meat before you spank it or whatever. You know what I mean? Just like I, I was like, thinking more about balancing, you know, stuff with your partner. Like you guys have ground rules about what's allowed, what's not allowed. Like you can't bring people home to our house, or you got to make sure the sheets are clean. Like what are, what are <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the, the sheet thing is pretty, uh, uh, so we don't bring people over to our place unless we're both going to have fun at the same time with the same person. I like how Lucy leaned in for that. If I can interrupt, it's a great honor to be invited to Rush and Jeremy's for dinner. <laughs> 
Because let me tell you, it's always a spit roast. (laughs) (laughs) You're making it sound like there's only three people. There were four people the last time, you know, so it's not really a spit roast situation. Never mind. I'm just trying to think up. It was a whole ass luau. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I was going to say, coincidentally, that is the name of the open mic I've been running for since 2011 is Laughter Luau. So that works out. I thought there would be like a whole system of, of rules or tips, but I guess not. So there are. There are. Jeremy is heterosexual. So if I'm, if I have a male partner who presents as male and is like a cis male person, they're not going to be someone that like he's going to meet up with necessarily. So there are rules in the sense that like he needs to know where I am. He doesn't know if I've just met like a crazy person off the internet. And uh, there's schedules, right? Like there are specific days that are set out for each other that we agree on. And uh, if we want to veto someone, we we have the right to do so because at the end of the day, we are each other's primaries. We are married to one another. We're going to have a baby together, all this other stuff. We're going to buy a house or some crap so we have to put each other first and then the other relationships follow but the goal is to have loving relationships with everyone i'm not just like doing like wham bam thank you ma'ams with everyone else i have a question Mm. have you guys muted people before yes oh my god can you go into why (laughs) please um it's just two people that like uh were people that we my husband and i each interacted with when we didn't have rules set up already so it was basically cheating so that uh, before we became polyamorous, we both ended up with other people at one point. And it's like, well, we don't like that person because even though it's not really their fault, it's just, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You can't just like look at them and not remember the hurt yeah. because trust was breached at that point, right? That's a very mature way of dealing with a complicated situation that a lot of people don't survive. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm glad I asked uh, that slightly invasive, nosy question. I almost didn't answer it. Oh, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said that you well, can ask whatever you want, and I'm going to honor that. So but let's we communicated. It. Look at this. Look at that. It's, it's almost like we're doing like a show, and the point asking, is to ask questions. You're asking questions. Oh my god! My goodness! I think I'm getting this. <laughs> getting in the swing of things. So, but okay, but so now is not a good time for polyamory because of pandemic, et cetera, right? It's just like almost impossible. Like I, I have another partner that I got to see like twice in the summer because the restrictions were a little lifted and we knew that he was safe. He had no other partners. He lives by himself. And uh, so we like met up twice. And um, what is it? Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, <laughs> a dude messaged me on uh, Instagram, which like, I, I feel really old. Cause I'm like, you can do that. You can just pick up on Instagram. He was like, nice. Like he knows me from my OnlyFans, but he wasn't gross like all the other people who know me from my OnlyFans who messaged me in DMs. And I was like, oh, this is cute. And we started having a conversation and he knew I was poly. He himself is poly. And then we flirted for a bit, but then obviously it just completely died down. Cause it's like, what are we going to do? Like a Zoom chat while I'm in the, the bedroom like this? Dating? Hey, this isn't so bad. I don't know, man. Dating at home is really hard because, like, you know, like, I don't know if I have physical chemistry with this person and I have a husband who'll photobomb me. You know, it's just, like, it's hard when you live with your husband to date at home, you know? I totally get that. That's how I feel when uh, I'm on a sexy FaceTime and my cat just really needs a back rub. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So invasive, my God. I think dating's hard for everybody right now, but polyamorous or no, right? I mean, how the hell do you like meet anybody new? I mean, I'm, cause I'm big too, you know, like figuring out chemistry through actually seeing somebody. I like smells really important to me until I smell somebody. It's not like I'm like, you know, like getting like a, the bouquet, but I find it very important for bonding. And it's, uh, I, I can't imagine trying to take it smells a few steps triggered. down the line. 
smells are, are linked with memory and stuff like that. So yeah, smell is a huge thing. But I mean, yeah, I think there's just an extra layer when you're sharing the space with someone and it's just like, hey, let me just sneak off to the bathroom to like, talk to you for a second. It's just not gonna, it's hard to date when you're married and uh, at home all the time. When this baby comes along, we got to do a new episode because yeah, we got to find out polyamorous parents, like the new set of challenges that must come with that. My best friend and his wife are also polyamorous and they have a kid and it seems to be good for them. They each take a turn taking the car and going and doing sleepovers kind of thing. Did you ever oh. see that that one? It was a tweet and I'll be quick about this, but it was basically like I went on a date with a guy. I, I went on a date with someone who had a wife and he was bringing me back to their house. And when I said, well, where's your wife going to sleep? And he said, oh, she'll sleep in the coffin. And then I got there and for real, she got into that coffin <laughs> and went to bed. <laughs> Never saw that. I thought that was so funny. Rush, I'm very intrigued by this like dinner parties, spit roast luau thing. Can you please tell a dinner party story? I mean, what uh, it's with, with respect to everyone's privacy or what have you? Like, like how does, how did, what, what the hell's going on? What are you guys talking about? Oh, uh, no, we're just being silly. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, cool to tell it if you are. Why don't you tell it? No, we have to do this together. <laughs> okay, so when I was visiting Toronto, uh, everything was getting shut down in Montreal. It was like the se beginning of the second lockdown, and I had to cancel every single show in Toronto. Like, it was just really bleak, and so I was mostly hanging out at my sister's place. I had nothing to do. So Rush invited me over for dinner. Um, they made this amazing vegan spread. It was like three different kinds of vegan curry and just like all that, just great food. But I did notice the moment I got there that Russia's husband, Jeremy, was being very friendly, like kind of like playing with my shoulder and like my elbow. And I, it was just something he'd never done. And I was very like, okay, you're touching me a lot. And not in a scary way, but you're touching me a lot. So then uh, we were chatting and blah, blah, blah. And Jeremy mentioned something about dating a friend of Russia's and I was like oh is that the only reason you have a wife so you can fuck all her friends because <laughs> I'm really fun at dinner parties I say shit like that <laughs> Ray Bald. It's, yeah and, and Jeremy was just kind of like yeah kind of um so I think we were maybe like three bottles of wine no we were we I don't know how who cares how much wine had been drank at I this was point. six <laughs> probably but our friend Jade they had a zoom birthday party show and Rush was on it to roast. That was why I was there. That's why I got invited. So we all watched it together and we were like heckling the show. It was a lot of fun. And at one point, I think Jeremy and I just started making out because Jeremy's beautiful. How, yeah. could, how would we describe Jeremy? Uh, just a lot of jaw in a yeah. good way. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of chisel. A lot of chisel. chisel. We got cheekbones, we got jawbones. He's like a Norse heavy metal god of some kind, isn't he? Punk. Punk, yes. yes. How did okay. you know that? <laughs> I, I lurked you on social media extensively uh, in preparation okay. for this. We research our guests here at the Sex gotcha. Show Radio. So Jade being, I think, pretty much in full isolation and being alone on their birthday had just decided, like, I'm coming over and... We were all like, oh, that's a great idea. And also, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come over, we're, we're, we're getting hammered. And I think Jeremy and Jade had also kind of fooled around a, a few times as well. So by the time Jade got there, we were doing karaoke, which is like all of our favorite thing to do. <laughs> really like is. forget dating, 
karaoke is the thing I think we all miss the most. Oh God, Just yes. sharing. Yeah, Jay, Jay's, Jay's on team karaoke as well. Just spit roasting a microphone with a, mi- a million strangers. So we something you're not allowed to do. And a microphone for that purpose at home. Like it's, we have yeah. Whole and the big screen TV and like YouTube has a million songs. So anyway, at one point, Jeremy and I start making out and then um, Rush and Jade like roll their eyes just being like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. And then I don't know, we all just kind of got naked, started fooling around. I don't know how I, I remember everything. (laughs) It's not, (laughs) it's not that I forget. I'm just like, uh, and then all of us uh, got naked. Yeah, we don't have to do like the penthouse letters version of this story. I mean, <laughs> you know, thanks for clarifying that. Okay. Anyway, Jay, that's the story with the bow on it. That's just one of thanks. many stories that we're have we're sharing this evening. It must yeah. be kind of fun with your partner to go shopping for a potential third partner, or be like having people over and be like, "Oh, will we fuck them?" Maybe. So I was not even planning on any of that. I was just like, my friends are coming over. I'm gonna make this dinner, and then I was like, I'm tired, and I'm like, ugh, you guys. Like it was never like. I was never like thinking I'm going to jump in on this. And then it just happened. Actually, that's almost how they all happen. Now that I think about it, (laughs) I'm just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm too tired. Cause I'm fucking old now at this point. So I'm just like, I'm always saying I'm tired. I have a fun question because like rush one thing you and I have in common is I think we've both had like a lot, like a disparate, like an abnormal amount of group sex. Is it abnormal though? It's a, it's like most people have had one or two threesomes and you and I have lost count. Oh, okay. If that's what you mean by abnormal, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I was just like thinking in my twenties, it was like happening like all the time, like every couple of days. And then now it's just like slow down a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially now because of the pandemic, it's not happening at all. But do you think there's a point where you're like, yeah, group sex, like I don't care anymore because I've done it all. I think I thought that like three years ago and I still keep doing it. (laughs) Like the day after my wedding, like uh, during the uh, destination uh, wedding, I was like, yeah, I'm over it. And then like another foursome happened. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, this is happening again. Oh, you mean the wedding your parents were at? I mean, they were at all of the weddings. So yes. <laughs> How'd you <laughs> pull that off? This activity. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. Oh, God. I hope that no one in the audience needed that clarification. <laughs> How did you jump to her parents like right away? I was like, what? Yeah. You know, like you were worried that they were going to catch her? There's a part of me that's like, I don't want to have any kind of group sex within like driving distance in my family. Okay. So like <laughs> both of the big weddings, like the destination one and the one in Toronto all ended in like a large group in my hotel room afterwards, except the local one. There was just too many people in the hotel room to even try to make an orgy happen. It was like 50 people. And I'm like, I am not doing this. I just got married for the third time. It's not happening. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if normalcy is the right word. If the sample size of this show is, you know, any indication I'm in the minority, but I've never had group sex. And Whoa. now I'm, yes, never, never, ever. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, from your perspective, because no one's ever tapped me on the shoulder and been like, how about an orgy? Like, never, never happened. It sounds like it's <laughs> happening, sounds like it's happening, like, all right around the corner all the time, all around me, you know? So what's the deal? What kind of person is up for this or gets the invite to the orgy? Try to find someone with a Lebrett piercing and, uh... <laughs> 
And I'm only saying this because I used to have one and Jeremy used to have one and Lucy obviously has one currently. And it's just like, this is like the common thread I've noticed. Just find someone with facial piercings. They're probably good to go. I think it comes with overstaying your welcome at a party with a few other people. Oh, that's been a major one for me. Also, I had I had a partner who he had never had group sex until he started dating me. And then we had our first threesome. And then we'd had like a couple threesome dates afterwards. So I've had the invite one or the planned one. And those are pretty fun. But you know, it's because look, it's not just the invite. It's like for me to have never had group sex, it's like I've avoided all of these scenarios. No one's invited me. It's not happened spontaneously. When you talked about overstaying your welcome at a party, I wouldn't even do that. Forget about group sex. I'd be like, oh God, I better leave, you know? I don't want to overstay my welcome, you know? Like, that would be horrible, and I would just go away. I think we nailed the problem then. Yeah, you just got to be somewhere for a whole weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Just slowly keep running out of clothes. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no, now I'm naked. How am I supposed to go to the store? I mean, I definitely have an issue with possessiveness, for sure. Like, I think ego is part of this. I'm curious your perspective, how this works with, like, polyamory, especially in a when you're in a committed relationship. Like, I'm, you know, easily threatened when my my partner... uh, is like looking at someone else or this and that. So, I mean, has that ever become an issue? Or can you think back to like your first polyamorous relationships when it was like going from, was it always part of the texture of, you know, your sexual life, this kind of openness? So when I was 27, I had three partners, but they didn't have other partners. So I wasn't necessarily feeling jealous or anything like that, but they might've, but they knew where they were at in this like weird hierarchy of things. But like having like a proper polyamorous relationship where myself and the other primary partner are both doing it. This is the first one that I've been in. And uh, I sort of like promote my husband to other people. I'm like, hey, if you think he's attractive, ask him out, fuck him, like have fun. You know, him being happy makes me happy. And I think he likes it when I'm happy. So we both look out for each other in that way. Oh, I love that. That's very sweet. That was like super romantic, actually. (laughs) Oh, didn't expect it to be romantic. I feel like a sap now. You are a sap. You are. But also, I just love that you're like, yeah, like I was once, uh, I once had three partners. None of them had partners. So I had no reason to be jealous. I'm like, oh, so you're a queen. (laughs) You're a queen and these are your stooges? I don't know what queens have. I was going to say worshippers. I'm like, that's not it. That's not it at all. Yeah, that's a god. That would yeah, be a god. I was just watching American Gods briefly and like Billquist was putting people in her vagina in that scene. So like that's a, uh, you guys watch American Gods? No, but I, I read exactly the exactly what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I, I read the book and I've had dreams about tiny people and erotic experiences. So I'm right there with you. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and an army of Lilliputians up there. Oh my God. There's an Italian comic, like a sexy version of the whole Lilliput thing. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. It's, oh, I forget the name of the artist. It's this guy, <laughs> I may Google it. He also does this comic called Click, which was about a rich, bitchy Italian aristocrat lady whose bitter psychologist in an act of revenge put a vibrator in her through surgery and kept a remote control and then when she was at dinner parties and stuff would like click it <laughs> and she would go become this like wild woman his name is milo Manera, and he did also like a sexy lily putt thing i can't imagine what the sexy lily putt thing would be but i sort of can at the same time because i mean little, little, little people in your vagina i mean basically yeah. you already you already got it in one but I mean, oh, like, Gulliver mean- was a guy. So is Gulliver, is it gender bent now? Gulliver is like a, a woman? Yes, no, Gulliver was a lady. Oh, okay, okay. Is it Gulliver? Oh, but in 
Hey, oh, it's what this show needs. <laughs> when I talk to you got to you guys, I feel like I'm living in like a world where there's like another color or something that doesn't exist because I'm in monogamous relationships all the time and I'm thrilled to have monogamous sex. I'm like, hooray, you know, like that's, this great. Is that's what you want to do. There's no, no, yeah. like, but you know, it's like the idea that there's this other dimension where, you know, people are just like having like the free exchange of sexual experiences all the time. I don't think I can handle it. I really don't think I can handle it. Like, honestly, like intimacy is really hard for me, you know, already. And I'm very, I get easily uncomfortable with people. So, you know, I, I think guess that's it really like the depends on what your definition of intimacy is, right? Like, uh, is it like emotional intimacy might be difficult, but physical intimacy is not as difficult for me sometimes. Uh, actually, it's all pretty easy for me. I overshare with complete strangers about how I'm feeling. So <laughs> I think having sex is also pretty okay. Okay, what are the, the top three places that don't have a glory hole that would be much improved with a glory hole? Dairy Queen. <laughs> um, fuck, there's this restaurant down in Toronto, the name I forget now, but it's like a pretty like cool, like nerdy place. They have an entire bar section that looks like the... Um, bar from the shining you know they got uh -huh. the typewriter up and everything they have like these really cool little booths that have like sliding doors and stuff so you can have like a private little section and like the waiters will come by and like bring your food or whatever but like it's like little booth for like that can fit up to four people that place could benefit from a glory hole i think i think all <laughs> yoga studios should have a glory holes i don't know i feel pretty horny after usually sometimes after class and maybe i'm not alone only one way to but find you're out. Right? Very monogamous. Are you gonna feel safe? Even if there was a glory hole in my yoga studio, I would be scared of the hole. I would look into the darkness there in the hole and be Oh, like, never look at the hole. Never look in the hole. Just stick your genitals in it and just go for it. Don't even I think it's really it. sage advice. You don't want to see what's there. That's the whole point of the glory hole, right? Jay, I think your drag name should be Gloria Hole. All right. Sensible right? advice. Sure. That was pretty easy. <laughs> You want to call me Gloria Hole, baby? Go for it. Gloria Hole. You guys want to hear a story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Because, like, I was talking about how hard it is to date now, but, like, even before, it was kind of difficult. Dating as a person who's married, and you explicitly put it in your, like, let's say, dating profile. I am married. I am polyamorous. People don't read shit, like, if they're on, like, a regular dating site. For some reason, I tried Facebook dating because it was like promoted to me through Facebook and no one reads your profile whatsoever. So it's just like, oh, you're married? I don't want to date a married person. I was like, well, why'd you message me? Right? Like, it's just, it's fucking stupid. I don't know. Like, what sort of dating apps have you guys used? Hinge? Well, I have, I have Field and I have Hinge. Okay. So I had those exact two, Field and Hinge. And Hinge was nice to like flirt with, but like Field is pretty upfront about what you're looking for, right? It's like, I am married. These are my kinks. Let's fuck. Like, <laughs> Or date, you know, whatever. Uh, like, I'm just into kink. Um, and so I, I liked Field for that. And most of the people I met through there were more quality people in the sense that, like, they understood my situation and weren't weird about it. Except I met this one person uh, who, who looked really attractive in their pictures. He was, like, this attractive dude, nice jaw, blonde. You know, I go for the jaws, obviously. And he was a, a race car driver, which I'm like, I've never fucked a race car driver before. This should be interesting. He met up with me at this bar, and he was half an hour late which is bad, but he kept messaging me every few minutes, be like, I'm just around the corner, I'm just around the corner, which he was not. He walked in, 
under like he was just dressed in like this really shitty like non-fitted t-shirt and like a backwards hat just being like all right here i am and i'm just like this is awful like you didn't you could just like try a bit like put up on a i don't know what i want like a button-up shirt like some sort of effort maybe not a backwards hat i don't know there was just like a lot of things that bothered me with this and i was just like trying to cut to the chase i'm like yo what are you into which i meant like sexually because we, we met on field and he's like oh you mean sex i'm like yeah he's like okay so i like to start off slow then i go faster and when i end i go really fast okay <laughs> which is describing sex i think just like regular straight ass sex right yeah i was gonna say like that sounds really <laughs> familiar (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like are you just fucking describing sex to me right now is that what you're doing he's like yeah and I'm like cool I meant cakes that's great or maybe he was like describing how he races cars I'm not really sure but like it was just it was horrifying and he kept trying to tell me that he was a really good kisser and I was there already and I'd waited half an hour I'm like sure let's try this out and he was the worst kisser. It was like he was like playing thumb war on my face with his lips. You know what I mean? Like he needed to beat me mm-hmm. and like hold the lips down. And I'm like, this is not, yeah, exactly that, Lucy. Yeah. Not sensual. It was not fun. And then he kept being like, listen, I got an eight inch dick. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm intrigued, I guess. Let me see it. Uh, and like, but we're in a bar. So he shows me a picture. I'm like, if that's you, then good for you, buddy. Cause he's like five, eight. So like a good eight inches of that is just dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then he was just like, Oh, this is going so well. Like we went to another bar, like a different bar, not the actual venue, another bar. And um then like we went out for a smoke and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a real dick that you have, and it's really eight inches, good for you. And he's like, This is going super well. I think I'm just gonna like book an Airbnb. I'm like, Cool, get me an Uber before you do that. And uh yeah, dating even before the pandemic was um trash. Not- yeah. Trash garbage. This one guy just like got through into field somehow and I didn't do enough verifying to make sure he wasn't a giant POS. So he was a race car driver, but that was the only interesting thing about him at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, like, he was very pretty in the face and very symmetrical. He, we, he had paid, and we got pictures taken in, like, a little photo booth in one of the bars, and, like, the next day I had these, I'm like, oh, what a waste of a face. Like, oh. This summer was kind of the summer of vehicles for me because I got to go in an airplane on a date and I also got into, to go into a food truck on a date. I was really hoping for a helicopter. In fact, <laughs> if anyone out there is a licensed helicopter operator, is winter a good time to be in one? Because if uh, you could make that dream come true, that would be pretty cool. Oh man, one time I fooled around in the back of a tuk-tuk Oh, like a baby taxi? Yeah. What's a baby taxi? It's like a tricycle, but with an engine and like a cover on it. Tuk-tuks are what they call it in Thailand or something? Yeah. I lived in China for many years and uh, I lived in Shanghai, most of it. And uh, I remember Shanghai is a real trashy town. There's no mandatory hour when clubs have to close. You can drink on the street. There's a lot of expatriates, you know. So there's like pretty crazy, at the time, now things have changed, but there was pretty crazy clubs. And I remember hooking up with somebody like in the bathroom and a lot of people wanting to do coke were like pounding on the door and then (laughs) open the door. And like my dick was out and it was like, fuck you, it doesn't matter. We're fucking like, we were, it was like, I don't know if you ever hooked up with something like that where you're like, you just don't give a shit. Then that's what's hot about it. Like, I don't care who sees or what's going on or how many people know about this. Or... Okay, so you do stuff like this. I do stuff like this, yeah. yeah okay. And so, on the, yeah, on the, way, on the way back to my apartment, already the, the sun was coming up. We were in the back of this tuk-tuk, which is 
not what they would say in China. And we were fooling around in the back of that thing. It's like with wild abandon. I can't imagine what the driver was trying not to look at, but it was pretty, pretty raunchy for like a, like a six in the morning baby taxi ride. <laughs> oh, that's what I got. That's my vehicle story. I don't know. No helicopters. How about just outside? You know, like I do. Have, you mentioned before I was not good to fucking water, and uh, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Puts all of the bad things in the water directly into your body. It's it's really bad for anyone who is receiving it. Yeah, that's what, so. So in my early twenties, on a on a on a vacation, I had sex in the ocean with a partner. And I, I remember for me, it was like looking at the, the horizon and being like, this is, this is great. And then only later did I realize that for my partner, this was like not a good memory at all. Like looking towards the shore and just worrying about all the horrible ocean parasites and just the, the sensation of the salt and everything was awful. Was not a good idea. Yeah. Like yeast infection central. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking water. No, yeah. don't. Um, ha- has everyone fooled around at night? At a children's playground. Yes. I think what? so. Yeah. I, I think, think it's so. kind of inevitable. I didn't even realize that was a thing until you said, I'm like, yes, I have done that. <laughs> I think everyone, I almost everyone has done that. It's nighttime. It's a structure. It's a place to hide, but it's also hard to see. Hands up in the comments if you have done this. You filthy <laughs> children's playground. Yeah. Not when school's in session, okay? If you've done that, don't tell us. Talking about when you were a teenager and the stupid things you did as a teenager, oh, it's not so bad. I definitely have done this as a grown-up. I don't think I have as a grown-up. No? No. I did uh, meet some guy who was like a very attractive photographer person on the TTC once, and then we ended up, literally, like we were on a streetcar. That's where we met. And we exchanged numbers. And then another time we met up and we just fucked in someone's doorway. And we were very loud about it. And it was like outside. And the people living in the house opened the door and were like, what the fuck? We're like, oh, sorry. And then we left. And that was how that ended. Brutal. Brutal. Oh, my God. That's my nightmare is seeing anyone have sex in my doorway. I like listening to my neighbors have sex. I don't have very thick walls in my apartment building. And it's it's thin enough that any for number number one the frequency with which anyone in this building has sex is very low so i feel bad for all of us because it's like i can definitely you know it's it's not it's a handful of times this has happened it's not like every day and like it's thin enough that you can really hear like the pace and the duration of the entire thing and i, I don't know if this has ever happened to you like listening to someone have sex through the walls and at first it's like whoa i think is that sex and then Try to ignore it for a bit, and then you can't ignore it, and then it's like, well, okay. Trying to hypothesize, like, what am I listening to right now? Is this good? <laughs> like, what's happening? I, I definitely think, heard my roommates have sex. I think we're the people that other people hear when we're having sex. Because <laughs> um, that night that everyone was over with you and Jade, that our downstairs neighbor came upstairs after at some point. And was like, that hey. was so scary. <laughs> it was like an hour after we'd all been quiet. Yeah. And then they were like, you guys are being too loud. And we're like, you're saying this now? We don't yeah. even have music on. All right. So, Rush, I got to ask you a question here. So, yeah. uh, you know, in my duly appointed role as the question asker. So, you have an OnlyFans. Is that correct? I do. Yes. I have mentioned it. It's OnlyFans.com slash Rushzilla. It's spelled exactly how it sounds R U S H Z I L L A. I had some people from my OnlyFans on Instagram asking me what time this show was on in England time. 
I did not respond because I didn't want to do the math for them. Right. Aww. <laughs> yeah, we could have had some British fans of Rushzilla. How long have you been on OnlyFans? What's it like? What was your motivation to join? When you started? What did you learn? How do you feel about it now? Uh, I mean, everyone does different things on there. Like my uh, sibling is also on OnlyFans, but they also work at Oasis, uh, but in non-comedy aspects. Like I mix in comedy with my stuff uh, or try to. I do a lot of themed sets because I like cosplay. And then like I have booked one naked comedy show over like Zoom. It's uh, it's fun. It's good. Uh, it's interesting. Um, my reach is different because I'm very public with it. Like I didn't make up a fake persona to like attract people. It's like on my actual regular Facebook and Instagram. Here's my OnlyFans. Sign up if you want to see boobies or whatever. And the thing is like, I was posting a lot of lewds even before then, just cause it, it made me happy. I was like, well, I can only get so far. I can't post anything more than this on Instagram and or Facebook. And yeah, it just made sense to do it. And I'm like, well, will people pay for this? Will people want to support me in this endeavor? And they do. So thank you fans, if you're watching. When you made the transition to OnlyFans, because you, you mentioned like you like doing lewds. So when you were in an environment where you're like, okay, yeah, I don't have to like worry about walking the line here. I can post whatever I want. Did, you, did your content change at all? Or what did you find out you were into? Well, that's when I found out I really like costumes. <laughs> like I always knew I wanted to do cosplay type things, but like I really, really like doing it. Like I have a green screen and stuff. So like I did a whole series of me being Carmen Sandiego. So I was just like in a different country with like showing more tit in each one or something. You know what I mean? Like it's That's just, awesome. Yeah. So I had fun with that. I had like this whole like Joe the Tiger King set, which everyone was like, you're doing Carol Baskin. Cause like I was wearing cat print lingerie and a lot of it. And then my hair was dyed blonde at the time. But I'm like, no, but I'm trying to be Joe. No one's getting it. Did you have uh, the facial hair? I did not have the facial hair. Uh, I don't think my fans would like that as much for this specific purpose. Uh, fair enough. But OnlyFans isn't just necessarily for sex work. It's literally for people to get closer to the people they are fans of, hence the name. And that's what yeah. pa Patreon also is uh, good for. There's a, a rapper, he's, he's a, a male rapper, and all he does is release new tracks on OnlyFans. And he has a really big following and people subscribe to his account. So there are people using it the way that Patreon is being used. I think Patreon used to have like a sex work portion as well. OnlyFans is just one of the safer ones for this purpose at this point. Yeah. I mean, it is a funny issue. Like when you want to like have sex as part of your fandom, part of your base, you know, part of your brand, part of your brand. Yeah. I mean, where do you go? You know, it's tough to do it in other channels. Yeah. I mean, there's always implied sex in like regular media, like magazines or like your music videos or what have you. There's a mm -hmm. there's a there's an OnlyFans person her, her name's Lexi Pantera on there and I don't think she does anything pornographic it's just all skimpy bikinis and just like here's a video of me eating a banana real fast twenty dollars you know <laughs> like it's like implied sexual stuff or like here's a video of me brushing my teeth I get all the way to the back teeth fifteen dollars I'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> like oh wow and, the back teeth though ah it was just right in there you know Ooh. Jay mm. I can see you having an OnlyFans. Oh, me? Yeah, I would totally, once I get over my shit, it would be love to having an OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Get I, over I, your I shit. I don't even post, like, stories of myself on Instagram. Like, I'm very averse to, I know I'm wearing, like, a harness right now, but, like, you, I don't really show myself a lot. But, yeah, it, would, it, it does get me off. So it would be fun to, like, uh, do some erotic things. And it's something I do with partners, for sure, is, like, take photos and videos of myself. You know, I have kind of dabbled in the uh, online sex culture stream. 
but I just find it's not quite for me. I, like my ID has been rejected from OnlyFans a few times and I've just oh, like- has it? Yeah, I, I, I just stopped. I'll find the energy to do it again soon. I don't oh, I know thought, what I'm doing wrong. But... I thought you just weren't doing it. Cause like, uh, cause oh, I no, I'm. Oh, I think I got enough stuff to make some extra money off of. And I have a little bit of a Twitter situation as well. I have a few hundred followers on a secret Twitter. I so, love taking naked photos of myself. So Rush, who likes your tits? Like, what about your fan base? What have you discovered in the process of creating like a, a community around this, your content? Like, Did you, you just know, ask I, me who likes my tits? No, no, yes, yes. But I, not, not, not like who likes your tits? More like who, like specifically, like talk, talk about your fans. Like my tits. Everyone loves my tits. Tell <laughs> him. They're true. It's true. It's Your they, tits are fucking are Marvel movies. That's, you're like a real crowd pleaser. Yeah, they're big. <laughs> As in like the movies are big. Okay, all right. I can't figure, like, I mean, a lot of people don't use their real names on OnlyFans. Hilariously enough, a lot of comedians use their real names on OnlyFans and use their profile pictures. So it's like, I watch my YouTube set. <laughs> I think it's kind of like that. Like, it was yeah. just like the comics that I barely ever talk to in the scene, other than maybe I've given them some mic time once, have signed up. And I'm like, huh, okay. That's <laughs> it's like people who secretly want to see you naked, but know they don't have a chance. I mean, if they had just talked to me, they might have had a chance. Jesus, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You hear that, boys? <laughs> no need to go on OnlyFans. Maybe you could try talking to a lady. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Put that I think a lot of people are also just scared of Jeremy. I've had that statement said to me. It's like, listen, I'm buds with Jer, but also I'm really scared of Jer. I'm like, why would you be scared of Jeremy? That's so funny because I agree with you. I'm so not scared of Jeremy. Yeah. Even when he had the mohawk and, and, and the studded jackets, which I'm sure he still wears. So I was like, this man's a teddy bear. Yeah, he's a sweet boy. He's just a giant guy. He's, he's a big a giant man. Yeah. <laughs> Has he ever, ever beaten the shit out of somebody? Yeah. Well, there you, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there, you know. Rush, thank you very much for coming on the sex show. I, I, I personally have learned a lot uh, about OnlyFans and polyamory. Um, two things which I'm the two things you're gonna do now no just yeah around. yeah and two things two, two things i'm gonna continue to look at from afar curiously <laughs> and, and take no action <laughs> um yeah but thanks a lot that was really great it's really interesting uh, and i hope you can find some people to uh sleep with despite the pandemic i can always just fuck my husband i guess it's fine <laughs> do you want to plug your socials uh like i said OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash rushzilla my Instagram is rush.zilla because someone else took Rushzilla. My Twitter is just regular Rushzilla. Facebook, uh, Facebook is RushKazi. And uh, my website is rushkazi.com. It's spelled like the way it says on the screen, R-U-S-H-K-A-Z-I.com. Follow me everywhere. I will make a link tree because Lucy taught me what to do. Follow her everywhere. Follow her on the internet. Follow her home. No, just kidding. Yeah. Don't do that. That's terrible. Rush, you've been an amazing guest. I have had such a fun time talking to you, and I'm so happy we uh, booked you for this. This is perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme song is Sexy Lexi by The Sunset Drip, and you can follow them on Instagram at The Sunset Drip. 
produced by J. Mark Kaplan and Lucy Gervais. You can follow us on Instagram at J. Mark Comics and at The Lucy Gervais Show. Keep the change, you filthy animals.